wait, what just happened? Production chose to do what exactly? This can't be freaking real, right? Plus, we've got barbecues, we've got fights, we've got people holding knives that shouldn't be holding knives. We've got one alliance growing and one alliance repeatedly losing. We've got Troy being a real nice fellow and Ryan and Grant, well, not being such nice fellows. Conrad doesn't like to fight. Briny out here doing house calls. The nighttime spooky challenge is back and two eliminations are lost by the same freaking team. That's right. It's the challenge. Australia episodes five and six recaps coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for joining me here tonight on this wonderful Friday as we continue to get caught up with the season that got canceled and damn, it should not have because, oh my goodness, it got real good real fast, really quickly again uh, Challenge Australia, that's what we're here to talk about. Episodes four, or four, excuse me, five and six, to be correct. Now, this season is, I believe, all released at this point over in Australia because it got canned and the last four just got dumped on us and I was already behind before that happened. You know the whole story by now, but it's still available to watch even for us here in the U.S. If you do just a mild little search out there on the Reddit, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, you'll find the links. Hopefully you have, hopefully you've been watching, and hopefully that's why you're here to listen to the recap for episodes five and six, because oh my gosh, what a perfect two episodes to do a double recap for. Last time, three and four, didn't work out as, as well as we had maybe hoped, but this one couldn't have been more perfect. It almost makes sense that not just to get caught up, but just that these two episodes would be talked about together. So we're talking all things episode five and six today. Quick programming notes before we dive into those, which is that on Monday, we'll be back again. So keep your Australia binge going this weekend because episode seven and eight, that pod will be out on Monday and then nine and 10 will be out next Friday, which I believe is the finale finale of the season so we'll be able to talk about our winners which also means I'll finally maybe be able to look at those cast rumors or confirmations for the global challenge tournament which is as of I believe a few days ago or a week ago or so definitely totally done filming and everyone's back and back on their social media channels and everything like that so We'll get to maybe talk about that, maybe break it down sooner rather than later because we're going to get to the end of Challenge Australia next week, one week from today. But today is about five and six. We, of course, will have Ride or Dies again next Wednesday. We, of course, tomorrow will have Survivor Saturdays with Paige. The penultimate episode of Survivor was a banger, an absolute all-time blindside. So if you're watching Survivor and you know what I'm talking about, listen to me and Paige break that down tomorrow. We will be back next Saturday one more time over on the Most Likely To podcast to break down the Survivor finale because they're smart enough to end their seasons before the holidays and not try to compete with Christmas and New Year's or go 18 episodes long in a show that doesn't need to be 18 episodes long. I digress. We're not here to talk about Ride or Dies. We're here to talk about Challenge Australia, which is an appropriately length 10-episode season. We're talking five and six today. That's what we're here to do. We go straight into the storylines, mix and match between the episodes. We'll still hit the awards, power rankings, predictions, the whole thing. Here we go. 
where to start with these two episodes. I mean, they were awesome. They were absolutely awesome. Just if I could give my high level, highest level overview, great episodes, great pair of episodes. They go together perfectly. As I just previously said, I'm already repeating myself and we're like two minutes into this podcast, but it, they, these go together so well. It's so great to be talking about them together because it's kind of necessary in the end. If we would have been doing these individually, then this podcast would be exclusively about the mind-boggling decision by production that ends episode five. We'll get there in a moment, but where we're going to start is with the animosity because, man, some people get upset with each other in these two episodes, and I love it. This is what we like this is the appropriate kind of drama and pettiness and bullshit and chicanery and just arguments that don't make me feel bad that I'm watching them all the good stuff that we like from a challenge house this cast is bringing in spades over these two episodes because there is two alliances in the house and uh one of them they don't like either either neither of them likes the other one but uh, one of them in particular really thinks the other one is trash and pieces of shit and really mean and bullies. And that would be Ryan in his side. Because Ryan definitely turns into the villain in these two episodes. Let's talk about him and his alliance and the fact that everyone hates the four of them. Well, they hate three of them. They hate Ryan and they they kind of hate Emily and they're they're learning to not like Grant, mostly by association, also because of one really dumb comment, which we'll get to in a moment. But then there's Sugar, who everyone actually does seem to like, which is the correct stance because she seems like a wonderful person. And so they don't dislike her, but she's the fourth member of their little, you know, foursome bunkmates room alliance now that they would lost everyone else that was a part of their alliance. Because while this alliance looked strong and mighty and looked like it had all the good players in it and everything like that, Man, did it just continue. It wasn't even a quick fall because it was over the course of three to four episodes of just loss after loss after loss after loss. And like, wait, you have all the good people, supposedly. You can't win a daily challenge. Connor's out here whooping y'all's ass every freaking time. Well, half the time. The other half the time he's in elimination, but he's winning there too. So everyone hates Ryan. No one likes him at all. Not most people don't like Emily. Most people don't like Grant. And then Sugar's just kind of there. They like her, but you know, collateral damage as it would be. There's a couple different fights worth discussing here. First one is the barbecue that goes way awry when, you know, we're not going to do everything in the exact sequential order here for episodes five and six. We're going to bounce around. So the barbecue comes after we already know who's going into that elimination after Emily has tried to give Grant the best possible argument to take into deliberation which is actually a fairly good one and is at least i really appreciate the thoughtfulness and the strategic thinking like hey the only thing we can do obviously they're going to put you in there you know they're not going to give you who you want um but let if we at least draw out here's the possible pairings who here's who you could be partnered with and like you know would you really want that it's actually a decent argument it doesn't work but it is a solid argument and it was worth making and it was a good thought experiment for emily to go through and it shows very good strategic acumen from her but then she tries to share that strategic acumen with conrad of all people which doesn't make a lot of sense, but no one else will talk to Emily at the barbecue as her and Sugar just sit by themselves most of the time. She tries to tell Conrad. Brittany overhears it. Kiki gets involved. Everyone starts yelling. Ryan misses the whole thing but comes out shirtless afterwards only to, you know, get a couple barbs in himself as Emily storms back inside, does some yelling, does some door salmon. This is great. This is the shit we come to the challenge for. There is nothing too nasty said. No lines crossed. 
just people genuinely getting mad and yelling at each other over the game and not liking each other and you know neither really having a point or a winning argument just kind of some yelling for fun just because it's, it's it's kind of entertaining to watch and i love it and this i think for all longtime challenge fans who have maybe disliked a little of the how arguments or drama has been or the lack thereof in recent challenge houses or kind of who's involved in, in the recent challenge seasons this feels this feels kind of like the the old stuff that we're used to where you're like if you're not crossing any lines i don't you know i can dis i can dislike one side or the other in this or probably ryan's side in most of the arguments we've already started talking about are going to continue to talk about but I don't have to feel like he's some complete horrible person. No one does anything untoward, anything like that. It's just a nice drama-filled yelling match at a barbecue. It's freaking great. It's great. So then we move to the one time Grant puts his foot in his mouth. He calls Brooke J not on his standard, which was unnecessary. You just won an elimination. Elimination we're going to talk about in a moment because holy shit, obviously the decision at the end of that elimination makes zero fucking sense, but uh grant don't put your foot in your mouth otherwise he seems like a real nice guy i don't you know no one seems to be that upset with him it's just this one time where he kind of acts a little better than his partner and other people and he's just with ryan so they're buddies no one likes ryan no one likes grant now bad look dude why why'd you why'd you gotta go and say that she just helps you win the like you did that all together everyone you did that 100 percent together there was no like i carried you you carried me anything so that was a dumb dumb thing to say by him but ultimately is it really that bad? Like, like it's it's a dumb fucking thing to say, but in the scheme of the game, uh, I think it's a little bit more about his attachment to Ryan than anything else. One time saying my partner wasn't at my standard or whatever. I mean, yeah, you can be like, oh, that guy's a dick, but also he's pretty good. If I, he was my partner and he wasn't attached to the guy and the girl everyone in this house hate, I wouldn't maybe be that upset about being Grant's partner. He's a nice family guy. We see the call home, all of that. Let's get to Ryan. That's who we started this with. That's who this really all revolves around. Ryan nearly gets in a fight with Conrad in this, the next episode when, by that point, Ryan shouldn't be there. But again, we'll come back to that. This isn't going to be an exact order. Let's talk about one subject matter at a time throughout the course of both. And we're talking about everyone hating Ryan. And Connor, Conrad, Connor, well, Connor doesn't like Ryan either at all. But Conrad also becomes someone who really doesn't like Ryan. We don't see the beginnings of the argument. It seems to maybe be alluded to that Ryan said some shit about Conrad's clothes um, and dressing like a woman or something to that nature, which, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, not... <laughs> Not a great thing to say, and also, like, I we don't get a, a pretty regular standard clothing being worn by everyone during this uh, altercation of sorts. So, yeah, that's something. But these two get in each other's face a little bit, and then Ryan pulls the, you won't fight me, you've never been in a fight, you're not a fighter, you won't, why, no, you, you're never going to do anything, you get in my face and it's fucking pointless, and Conrad comes back with, you're proud of being in fights, that's silly, you shouldn't be proud to be in fights, and just, what a classic, what a classic argument to be had, one per, they both want to punch each other in the face, one would maybe be willing to do it if there weren't cameras and $200,000 on the line, the other would maybe be willing to tell one of his friends to do it, either way, it's a good time, it's a good shouting match, and, uh, I think it's actually amazing. You know, I'm team Conrad for sure, but I'm also team Ryan. And I just kind of had a lot of fun with uh, this argument, similar to the barbecue one. No one, I don't think, maybe we don't hear the beginning of it. Maybe what Ryan was saying is a little, 
not great. Uh, probably not great. Let's let's go. Let's go with probably not great as the what was said was probably not perfectly good or whatever that I'm certainly not going to condone or stand by. But it seemed, again, like another argument that it's not no major lines being crossed, nothing untoward happening or being said, just uh, two guys getting in each other's faces over completely pointless, utter bullshit and uh, talking a bunch of shit and ruining a birthday party, which I think production, I don't know. Let's let's talk about this production decision first because we're now we've talked about all of the times people got in fights, so we're going to get to the big weird production decision that was made in a moment. But before we do that, the other weird decision that was made by production, the smaller of the two, was... Were they ever going to go on the boat for Britney's birthday? Because they told this woman that they had a two-story yacht ready for them. And then they made it at least seem, based on the edit we saw, that because of this argument and almost fight between Ryan and Conrad, they got him on the bus and they're like, nope, get off. We're not going anymore. We've decided not to go. When really, you know, it does seem like the de the, the decision all along, if then the edit is accurate, that right after that is when Briny shows up and says, you've got 10 minutes. We're doing a daily challenge at night, which I would assume has to be at least a couple hours later, unless they got a hell long car ride or something, because by the time they get in the van, it's night and they were supposedly going on a boat, which I would imagine wasn't starting in the evening. That was probably starting in the morning. So were they supposed to go on the boat? Was that always the plan to like tease them and then be like, Nope, you're back at the house and boom, now you're doing a daily challenge. Like, I don't know, but if they chose because these two got in each other's face a little and argued a little that now we can't go on the boat, like, what are you doing? Put these two on a boat. This is amazing. Take your security with you, certainly. I bet the boat has its own security, but, like, let's go. Put these two men on the open ocean. Let's see if both of them come back. This is such good stuff. And also, Brittany, you told the woman that for her birthday you had a two-story boat. I don't know. It was a very weird decision, but Ryan... This whole time, they come back in from the thing, and then they just get more arguments in the living room over Ryan being a dick. And, uh, yeah, he's just getting cockier. He's getting more smug. He's getting more I don't give a fuck. Every one of his confessionals gets more and more I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and he's just fully embracing being the villain, and uh, he's awesome at it. He's awesome at it. He was my favorite in the first episode of this season. And he remained through all six episodes, my favorite, even if there was a massive heel turn towards villainy here in the fifth and sixth episode. I love him. I don't care. He was a complete and utter asshole and a dick and super cocky. And uh, I thought it was a great villain for the show. This is probably one of those times where a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I mean, this ain't probably going to be fessy levels of excuse me, fessel levels of, you know, me over here in a fan club by myself. But Ryan's great for this show. Put Ryan on the global challenge. Put Ryan on a season over here in the States, whatever. He also doesn't know the answers to any trivia questions about his own freaking country, which let's just get there now. We, we've danced all around it. Let's talk about the first elimination and the fact that no one got sent home. So the first elimination by first, I mean the episode five elimination because we're doing the dual episode here. Episode five elimination, ball and chain. What a great one. What a great elimination. I love this elimination. I hope they bring this elimination back a bunch. This game is awesome. It was, excuse me, great when we saw on Challenge USA when Leo and Alyssa beat 
Kylan and Kira, right? Yeah, Kylan and Kira. I believe that was the team that they beat. Either way, it was great then. A whole bunch of fun. It was great here. They made one small tweak. They didn't have them. I, I don't know what the height actual difference was, but the balls went below, hooked on the little chain versus on top of the contraption, which seemed both harder and easier i don't know it's pretty hard to like get that looped onto the chain versus just like rolled up into the thing but also then it could roll off the board i don't know either version is great this game's awesome i really love it i'd like to see a version of it done many more times trivia mixed with a true physical test plus the need to just like stay calm unraveling the chains not worrying if you fall a little behind this that and the other this game's awesome. Really, really well done. Really well designed. We get a good version of it here with people missing simple questions. And by simple questions, I mean, if these questions were about the United States, I would be able to answer all of them correctly. So I assume that there's a pretty equivalent, like how easy these should be for people who live in Australia or New Zealand too. I don't know. I guess that's disrespectful of me to just assume they're not actually even that close together that's one of the dumb things us people over here in north america who always want to go visit think that those two places are actually close together when it's a pretty long flight between the two but nothing else is anywhere in the world near them so they're kind of you know they are neighbors anyways i digress it seems like pretty easy questions people get them wrong that's fantastic we love that they got a lot more wrong than i would have expected um we're hoping for like one dumb answer but we get quite a few um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a great elimination, but Grant and Brooke, they win Ryan and sugar who get almost all their questions wrong lose, but then they don't go home and what the fuck? Like what, who Buna Murray is behind this version of the show too. That is the only thing we really get at the end. I haven't looked too hard into the credits, but obviously it's like a slightly different production team. Maybe. But is it at all? Because they're filming them all in the same spot. So aren't the same people there who just filmed USA and Rider Dies are now there for these other ones? Or did they just swap totally different people in or what? Because who is making these decisions to just say, you know what? Nah, nah, no one's going home. Why? And then also not even explain it, not even give a reason why the reason wouldn't have made any fucking sense, but you could have. So maybe I shouldn't even be asking for you to give one, but maybe give some reason or something. I don't know. Maybe give, you know, at least give Ryan and Sugar some sort of disadvantage at the next challenge, which you're kind of doing by giving, you know, Connor and Brittany the the chance to pick the next teams. But like, that doesn't guarantee that some disadvantage is going to befall Ryan and Sugar or advantage is going to befall Grant and Brooke, who Grant continues to be, you know, he gets the most screwed out of all of this, honestly, even though it eventually doesn't bite him in the butt. It almost does. And in would have, if it would have, it would have been purely because of this complete bullshit choice. It doesn't make any sense in the conspiracy. People have your freaking day because this, it makes, this is the most, you know, if you want to give me examples of when production is just doing whatever the fuck they want to do, this is literally example a now in challenge history of just, Nope, we just do things to like create the team, help the teams we want to help or create the scenarios we want to create. I don't fall for any of it almost ever in the history. You know where I stand on production, doing things to purposely help certain teams or individuals or anything like that, that they don't do that. But guess what? They clearly do it here because they clearly just want more of this beef between these teams. They clearly know Ryan is like, 
kind of our star villain like here he's given us the most in the confessional booth he's like pretty good but also keeps losing now after winning the first couple and you know we want sugar here the whole like what there's no other explanation other than we've got this incredible little rivalry everyone hates this guy now and now we can like have this for another round versus just this one and it'd be over let's do it and so they let him stay that's the only thing that makes sense and so conspiracy people have your freaking day you win you win i i i don't know i have to rethink everything that's ever happened in the history of the challenge or i can just say that is the different show different production crew and i don't know what the fuck they were doing but it makes zero sense now as we said before connor and Brittany at least get to pick the teams but that's honestly not that big of a consolation prize either they're like hey you won a daily congrats um we're going to let you throw in who you want to throw in. You do that. You take a big shot. You take a big risk. It pays off. You get you get that team that you throw in lost. Nope. And now they get to come back. You just got egg on your face because you won and got fucked in the process. So, yes, while I love seeing a, hey, winning team gets to pick something at the next daily, it's not picking the order. It's picking the teams, which is even much bigger power, but it makes me feel back to the days of the winning team gets to pick the order the next time, which was always a really nice thing that I think they should bring back. But it's a pretty shit consolation prize when it comes with the, you just got egg on your face. You just made an enemy out of this big team, took a swing at them, hit, and then it just doesn't matter. They You hit the home run and some kid in the stands threw the ball back and now they're still there. Like what the fuck? So I would be livid if I was them, but they get to pick the teams, they go to the next daily, they execute a new plan. That's the next topic to discuss. So as previously discussed, they have a nighttime elimination or not a nighttime. They have a lot of nighttime eliminations. That's how all the nighttime, all the eliminations happen off to a great start here. We'll do better. So nighttime daily challenge, but first the teams, because they do get to pick the teams, Connor and Brittany and all right, super risky move. As she says, she doesn't play poker, but she believes this is called going all in. And yeah, you went all in. And guess what? You won. And you deserve to because you just got fucked over by just a wild, silly, nonsensical production decision. So you deserve to win that all in bet. But let's talk about the fact that just because the result, end result, was exactly what they wanted doesn't mean this wasn't super risky and maybe not the right decision. It works out. So who are we to say that they should have done anything different, but I'm going to say they should have done something different uh, because I think the odds of this having worked out were low, um, but it did. So if it wouldn't have though, well, let's, let's go here. It all works out as we're going to get to, but it's a massive bet that one of these teams, two teams would get last massive bet. You're like, Hey, these four people, they are really good. They're in an Alliance. Everyone hates them. We're going to put them together and we need one of them to lose and one of us to win so that we can put them versus each other in elimination. The one of them lose part is the massive bet. And I personally don't have the courage to do that. But good on you, Connor and Brittany, for having it. And again, it works out. If I'm them, though, if I'm them getting to pick these teams, I'm immediately, if I'm Brittany, one, if I'm Brittany, I'm like, I want Troy, number one. I, I want Troy. I, and I know that's kind of playing the results here, but I think... We had a good idea that was going to happen. He's starting to really, really prove uh, where he stands in this game. And then if I'm Connor, I'm like, I want Emily. I want us to agree that we're going to kind of leave Emily out of this, like trying to attack their side. 
I want to give Grant Brooke J again, or not Brooke J again, Brooke B again, excuse me, because Brooke B, while Connor says she's like his girl in this episode, he also was throwing her under the bus about her crying and not wanting to be there a few episodes back. So, you know, who who's to say, or wait, no, was that David that did that? Never mind. That was David that did that. Maybe Connor and Brooke B are friends, so maybe he wouldn't do this. But she seems like a looser member of the alliance than the rest of that batchy alliance plus Connor that's become so strong. So if I'm them, I'm if I'm Connor, I'm like, I want Emily. I want to get my best chance of winning. And uh, let's give Grant Brooke B again. We'll sacrifice her a little bit because they clearly hate each other now and don't want to work together again. So we'll make them work together again. And that's who's going to get last. And then we'll vote in. Uh, Ryan and sugar. And that's the route I would have went. And I would have just told Emily straight up, like, you know, it's too bad. Like, this is what's going to happen. And if you don't, if we win and you don't agree with me, then I'll just disagree with you until we go in into the elimination or whatever. So maybe that sounds like a horrible idea, but really it's just because I thought going into this, there's no way one of those two teams gets last. And then they do. Uh, let's talk about the nighttime challenge. So much fun. Love it, love it, love it. Really good just collection of dailies and eliminations in this two-episode run. Really, really great. Really picks it all up um, from where it was kind of pretty down on the previous two episodes. This one's awesome. Do this challenge every freaking time. I love this. I love that there's a set time. It's not like reach a certain amount of points. This could go forever, anything like that. It's a set two hours. I like those. I love the variety of the games and the points and the strategy that comes with that. And that it's actually kind of visually fun to watch them do a bunch of these different things. I love that it's spooky. I love that mistakes can be made in so many different ways. Weaknesses can be shown in so many different ways on a puzzle here, a bad strategy like waiting one hour before giving up and then giving up. That can doom you. Not being good at one small little task can doom you. Being shitty at swimming or running or just taking a wrong step because it's dark out and you're not paying attention like we saw back on when Ben fell and ruined his entire, literally ruined his game and ended his game back on Challenge USA. So I love this challenge a whole heck of a lot. Grant and Emily and Ryan Sugar can't get the first puzzle. The only thing that matters in this whole thing is that Grant and Emily and Ryan and Sugar, because they are probably physically the two best teams of this configuration of teams. They get across the water first. They get into the town first. They get first pick of what to do. They find the 20 point puzzle. They go for it. And then they take an hour on it and they can't get it done. And they give up. Now, the same puzzle we just saw a couple weeks ago, it did take Amber and Chauncey and Darrell and Veronica a very long time to do this puzzle on that ride or dies elimination a couple weeks back. But you can't go for the big one. No, for it's a long puzzle. You know, at least, you know, 20 points is the most anyone could get. There's some 15s, there's some 10s, there's some fives. I don't, you don't know exactly how many of anything, but you've got some sort of idea. And you at least, they at least clearly knew that 20 was the most. Once you've committed more than 20 minutes, you're committed. You either finish it or you literally spend the whole two hours and you get last place. And that's, that's it. You don't do an hour and then give in. You haven't given yourself enough time to catch anyone and they you've given them too much time to have done all the other big point getters and it just it's about the worst time you could pick if you were like hey they did it for an hour and 40 minutes and didn't get it then they quit and they were like i just got to try to get three points and beat the other team that also couldn't do it and sorry guys but like you know whatever that's one thing it's not going to work out you're going to get last but the real strategy is give it 20 minutes. And if you can't do it in 20 minutes and you're not, it's not like we're near the end here. It's like, 
we've tried three different times and we're back to taking everything off because we have no idea how to do this. Give up after 20 and move on. Then you just, you won't get last then. Neither of you will get last. And these two teams specifically should have just known, like, we just smoked everyone across the water. We got here first. Don't go for the hard shit. Just don't get last. Because the only thing that can happen, the only way that either of you is in jeopardy is if one of those two teams gets last. Because you know what happens if neither of them gets last? If they just don't go for the hard shit. Those two teams have the endurance. Just pick up a bunch of five-pointers, whatever. You ain't going to get last. Someone else gets last. Someone from the other alliance gets last place. And then one of you isn't in, guaranteed. And the other one's probably not going into elimination either because guess what happens when, you know, Troy and who does Troy even win this with? Brooke J? When Troy and Brooke J win, if they are, you know, maybe it's a Kiki and a Kieran get last in this instance, hypothetically, if, you know, they were the next team that would have they're going to end up giving them whoever they want, whoever they think is the weakest of the other teams. They're not going to be like, yeah, Kieran and Kiki, we still want you to try to take out Ryan and Sugar. We want you to try to take out Emily and, and Grant. Nah, they're going to be like, nah, we don't want to. We don't want to. We wanted them to take each other out. Now they can't. So I've, this is just horrible strategy on so many levels from all four of these folks of just one Going for the big point in the first place, not going for it in the first place, go for it in the first place, spend 15 to 20 minutes, absolute max, and then be like, hey, we have better endurance than all these people. We'll catch up. Let's just both knock it last because they're afraid of us and they won't want to go against us themselves and we'll probably both end up being safe. That's what they should have done. They don't. They get last. It's just insane. It's incredible. Um, they get last and uh, that just leads to, you know, the inevitable happening. Troy and Brooke J, for their part, they show out. Uh, Troy, Troy's my new guy. Troy was my kind of secondary guy when Ryan was my guy at the start. Now Ryan's maybe a dick. I still love him as the villain of the show and a character on the show, but he's maybe a little bit of a dick. And so Troy's like my guy guy now, and Ryan's my favorite villain to kind of root for, wish he would have been around longer because he's a pretty good villain on this show, it turns out. But Troy... Really climbing that ladder quickly to the top, or maybe top. We'll see where the power rankings fall here shortly. And Brooke J starting to get a little more from her. We thought this was the kind of competitor she would maybe be. We just hadn't seen anything, really. She had been kind of in the background most of the season. She shows out. Congrats to them. Let's move to the final elimination. We then come to the, I mean, the decision is obvious. There's no real decision to be made at this point. There's an, another, an attempt at a, a, a debate again, an attempt to save themselves again that goes for not. We get the matchup, Ryan and Sugar, Grant and Emily, and it's balls in, which is amazing. Get to that in a moment. This is super unfair to Grant. Uh, it's also mostly unfair to Emily too, but it's, the most unfair to Grant, who literally was just like, I just beat these two. I just beat them. And yes, I was happy that they got to stay. But now I've got to go against them again in a physical thing this time. And fuck, like I have to beat Ryan and Sugar twice in a row. This is some bullshit. So yes, Grant was happy they got to stay. But he, this is so unfair to him. And it's very unfair to Emily, too, of like she should have got to avoid having to go against Sugar in a one-on-one -on -one physical elimination. But... They don't. They don't get to do that. Um, those two should be gone. They should have had to be someone else down there with Grant and Emily, but they weren't. They were there, and it works out really well. Again, conspiracy people out there, 
you know, I already told you to have your day. Go ahead and have a night too, why don't you? Because, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that immediately after they decide, hey, you know what, Ryan and Sugar, you lost, but nah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. You can stay. You can stay right after that. Oh, what do you know? Emily versus Sugar in Balls In and one of the most physical headbangers we've got on offerings here. The two big, badass, elite athlete women in the house going against each other. Everyone wants to see it. And now they just miraculously get to stay. And we just miraculously have Balls In after that. And, you know, the you know, there didn't seem to be any chicanery that went on in the daily challenge that led to who won and them going against each other and the one getting last. But, like, Maybe those puzzles at the nighttime daily challenge didn't act. There wasn't actually a correct answer. Maybe that's next level. That's now I'm the freaking conspiracy guy for just even saying those words out of my mouth. That was just shouldn't have done that. But anyways, moving on. Yeah, we get Emily versus Sugar in a physical battle. And uh, seems like exactly what the production would have wanted to happen. So if they did try to plan all of this, make this exact thing happen, you know what? Tip of the cap to you. Because it was awesome. It was awesome. That half of it was awesome. Because Ryan... What the fuck, mate? Real horrible showing for Ryan. Uh, shoulder or not, uh, worries about, you know, that is a real worry if you've, or you're someone who's popped your shoulder out uh, even once. If not, it sounds like maybe he's done it repeatedly. That you get real nervous about that. You don't want to go through that again. You're very susceptible to that just happening a bunch. So I get that, but also, like, pretty, pretty poor showing. My guy. Oh, man. Real bummed uh, for him, but ultimately deserved because, again, he lost the previous one. Not as deserved for Sugar. Emily versus Sugar is awesome. Like, they give us a great battle. We hadn't had a great balls-in battle in a minute now, especially the last one. Shout-out to David Alexander, who has gotten in fantastic shape, really bit the bug of fitness since the Challenge USA when we had to watch David versus Enzo and balls-in and that complete embarrassment of an elimination round. So shout out to David for taking that to heart and just fucking getting in wicked shape now. That would never happen again with him. Shout out to him. A lot of good motivation and inspiration coming from his Instagram account since that moment. But we haven't had a good balls in a while. We've had some real horrible ones recently, an embarrassing one most recently. So to Emily and to Sugar, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. Because this was awesome. What a battle. And... Man, did I want that coin toss to be Emily versus Sugar again so badly. I think Sugar likely wins. Like She seemed to have a little bit more gas, a little bit better strategy in an otherwise very even matchup. And obviously, she did win her round, so she'd be a slight favorite going into a, head, a, a second time, uh, you know, final duel, if you will. But we don't get to see it, which ultimately means the right team does win because, again, this is super unfair, and Sugar and Ryan should have already lost and left. So... If this would have just been, you know, if Sugar and Ryan wouldn't have lost the previous elimination and this would have been the first time they were down there, I would feel horrible for Sugar having to go up against a fucking Olympian who's super tall and jacked and is Emily and uh, and, ha and beating her but having my partner lose it for me. I'd be pissed. If I was her, I'd be so upset for her, but I'm not because they lost the previous one and that one was a team effort in that loss. And so... They, they're the right team going home, and ultimately we, you know, ultimately she got the partner who's a little all bark, no bite. Ryan, endurance guy, yes. Uh, puzzles, it turns out not really at all, and uh, the, the headbanger stuff, not maybe his best either, but the guy could run. He looked good right out the gates, 
looks pretty bad on the end, but still loved having him. Want to have him again. Great villain. And I want to have Sugar again. She's awesome. And uh, But the right team wins. Grant and Emily get to come back into the game. And everything is back to being right in the Challenge Australia house. But man, what a couple episode run to get to that final point. Let's talk awards now. And before we do, I forgot one other thing about that last elimination. Shout out to Briny, who says one of her absolute favorite eliminations ever balls in. So I hope that that's 100% true and that they watched a lot of the challenge or were a fan of the show or at least went back and binged some once they became the host of it. But good choice. It is probably, it's the second best one in my book behind Not So Fast. So just had to fit that in there as well. Appreciate that they at least did their homework, if not came in an actual fan of the show before they ended up hosting. On to the awards. Best quote, again, just me reading them here, don't have them recorded, but we've got three nominees. First one comes from Ryan in episode five, quote, cooking together with knives, believe it or not, which we shouldn't be holding, end quote. Totally agree, spot on, very astute. Uh, this is the, I, I didn't mention this either earlier. This happened in, was it Ride or Dies or was it USA? One of the other ones we've seen this happen to, the Big Meat Feast, I believe it was USA, where they're just like, hey, we barely give you any fucking food ever and shit food. And so today we're just dropping off like an unbelievable amount of food and corn on the cob. Have at it. And it's just like, whoa, okay, there's a lot of meat here to be dealt with. Let's just all, like, it feels almost survivor rewardy. We're like, oh, we forgot to feed you guys for the last 10 days. Here's all of the food. We forgot. Sorry. Also, you have to cook it all, prepare it all yourself. Here's some knives, which you shouldn't be holding, as Ryan said. Quote number two nominee comes from Emily, who says, quote, I'd rather stay in my bed. I'd rather sleep. I'd rather cut grass, paint a wall, do a poo. Do a poo? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. She is, I mean, a shoo-in probably halfway through, six episodes through now for the Dan Renzi Award for Confessional Queen of the Season because no one else has given it to us like Emily, who also has nominee number three and final of the week. Quote, if I hadn't had so much Botox, maybe you could see my surprise face or maybe not because I'm not surprised, end quote, which is just really good self-deprecating humor. Love it all around. One of the two, pick your favorite. Emily wins the quote of the week even though I kind of want to give it to my guy, Ryan, because now he's gone, but, and he was doing a lot in the confessional booth. He was being very villainous and very cocky and dickish in the confessional booth, but I did enjoy it. But Emily gets the award and is probably getting that season long award by what the time all is said and done. Let's talk best moment. Five nominees. First one, Ryan and Sugar's attempts at memorizing. Man, was it a rough two episodes for these two. I mean, between two elimination losses uh, a very near almost loss in the daily challenge that they should have been really good at a basically almost loss middle of the pack run in a daily challenge. I thought they'd be good at, but they can't memorize for shit, but there's a nice little fun back and forth where they each give it a try. They each suck at memory. They kind of have a laugh about it. I really like that moment. Nominee number two, the barbecue fight. We talked about it at length. It was fantastic. Nominee number three, Ryan and Conrad's fight also talked about at length. Also fantastic. Nominee number four, the entire nighttime daily challenge, but really specifically the ending. The ending is nail biting. There is actually some really good editing, not like, cheap editing to try to make it look close but like it's actually really close at the end and it's fun and it's interesting and like who's what's going to happen here and kieran and kiki you really got 
really sneaked by there on that one. Just mm, really sneaked by just a little bit there at the end. But that was really good. And fifth and final nominee, Emily versus Sugar in Balls In, which is the winner. With respect to the two fights, uh, the barbecue fight especially is just like exactly the type of drama and silly arguments that I'm looking for in a challenge house. But because... It's been a while, and because it was a really good matchup, Sugar vs. Emily and Balls In gets the moment of the episode, or the episodes for me. As for the MVP of this two-episode stretch, it's pretty obvious who the five people really that make up this list are with respect to Sugar, who does not make the list, but there's six people involved in these two episodes pretty much. Uh, you know, a few people. Troy has to chime in here or there. Brooke J does in the second episode, but... This is really about the four people who are in the alliance everyone hates and Connor and Brittany on the other side kind of lead things, leading the hatred. Connor comes in fifth. Great showing for him. Really, really great season for Connor so far, and uh, I assume that's going to continue, although uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute in predictions. He comes in fifth. Grant comes in fourth. I like the moment with his family. He does stick his foot in his mouth the one time, but I think it's redeemable. I think he can get past the one time he said something shitty to his partner who just helped him win an elimination, but he's a good competitor. He seems like he's got a lovely family. He seems like he is a nice guy who maybe just puts his foot in his mouth once in a while and did that one time here. And maybe not everyone will hate him anymore now that Ryan's gone. Who knows? Third, Brittany crushing it, doing everything we want to see, winning stuff, getting in arguments, winning arguments more or less, shutting down <clears throat> any attempts at you know political maneuvering against her or her team when she's in power, all that. And again, goes all in. I wouldn't have made the decision for the teams, but... That's why I wouldn't be good at this, and she is good at this because it works out in her favor. Number two is Ryan. Number one is Emily, the pair. That is no more. Whether they were more than friends or not, I don't know, but they were kind of a couple in this house, and everyone hated them together, and they are mutually the best people in the confessional booth, and they mutually, well, not mutually. Ryan has become completely and utterly the villain and then is now gone. Emily is kind of a villain, I guess, at this point, but is like still likable at the same time. But Emily's the winner of this between the confessionals, the, you know, the better performances in the dailies, the the win. I guess, I mean, she did, I guess, get last. So maybe not. I shouldn't say that. But she gets a win in the elimination, even though she kind of loses the elimination on her end of things. Whatever way. She's very present. She's very prevalent. And I'm giving her the win. She dominates these two episodes. Really, her and Ryan and Brittany and Grant Connor, like the five of them are everything in these couple episodes so emily gets the win for the mvp now for the power rankings which are get interesting because we lost our top male and our second place female from the last time's power rankings so uh i didn't do a very good job there i guess but the power rankings it doesn't mean exact order they're going to go out it's not a prediction it's just where i think they stand in relation to the chances that they might win this season so on the female side because of that she might be a massive target but i ain't moving emily from the number one spot i still think uh if we get to if she gets to the final she's walking with that shit in the final because there's going to be at least a little swimming she's going to have a massive advantage there and she's shown she can run 
and she might be kind of shit at puzzles. That could be a downfall, but I haven't seen anyone who's like amazing at puzzles yet so far, really, this season. So we shall see. She stays number one. Brooke J slides up to number two from three to two. Brittany goes from five to three. Megan stays in fourth. Brooke B in fifth. Kiki in sixth. And poor Kiki. Obviously, she can't walk by the end of these couple episodes. And we see on the next week on or the next episode on that she's getting thrown around in the back of a semi truck. This woman's medically DQing any second now, probably. And if not, she, you know, now that it's pretty much just the one alliance, Kiki's probably going to be the one at the bottom of that alliance when they have to throw someone in or have to pick someone to go against from their own alliance. So she's at the bottom. Brooke B is, you know, all kind of similar position, probably going to get picked as the sacrificial lamb now that there's only a few people left. So they're at the bottom. Emily's at the top. Brooke J, super sneaky, is right there looking fierce now. Brittany also Megan kind of floating, I still think good, but maybe we still haven't seen enough to say great. So that's how that shapes out. Male side, Troy takes over the top spot. He goes from two to one with an infirm. There's a gap between Troy and the rest of the field now in my mind, but the rest of the field all's got a chance. There, It's kind of hard to split up everyone else. I've got Conrad, Grant, Connor, Marley, Kieran, but also... I think Connor might be fucked because he's partnered with Kiki next week, and I just said what I thought I was going to happen to Kiki. So he might be screwed, but he's playing so well, I can't like have him in last again here, even if I think he might be the next one to go. Kieran's head maybe isn't in the game. That's kind of why I put him at the bottom, given that he's about to admit his infidelity on the next episode. But Marley, Grant, Conrad, and really Connor and Kieran, like I don't see much of a difference. I just think Troy's a a bit better than all of them. If he makes the final, I think he would be the odds on favorite. Not like a, that guy's gonna win 100% lock it in, but like a true favorite if he makes. And then finally we come to the predictions and the predictions took a big hit in these two episodes. We lost Ryan who we thought would be in the finals and we thought would win. So we're down to only two men left on our finals picks, Troy and Grant, please both make it. And then Emily, Brooke, Jay, Megan, and Kiki on the female side. So we're doing better on the female side prediction-wise. Emily, to go wire to wire, is still there as a pick. But I had said Ryan. I had said Johnny and Jack previously, so and Jessica previously. So I'm starting to miss. I'm down four of the ten and one of the two on the finalists and the winner's pick. And the predictions for episodes five and six couldn't have gone more opposite. I said that Ryan would forget something. He actually seemed to remember everything except, I guess, actually, technically, I got that right. He sucked at the memory thing, although they eventually got fourth. It was just kind of that one moment. But you know what? Retroactively, I'm going to go back and give me that one. I only went, I went one and two. Okay, I got one right, two wrong. I thought I got all three wrong. Ryan did forget some shit. The Batchy crew turns on each other. That didn't happen. The opposite. They firmed up. They built up their numbers. Emily or Sugar is the winning female both times. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Couldn't have lost more, uh, honestly, because <clears throat> even Emily, who wins the final elimination, actually lost in that elimination, and Sugar lost twice and twice, and yeah. So only one for three, but we're going to do better on this next group. Episode seven and eight, we're doing two episodes again on Monday, so we're doing predictions for the two episodes together. Again, these are all just going to be couplet podcasts at this point. Prediction number one, Connor and Kiki are done for. I think her back, her injuries, her whatever, lack of ability to walk is usually an issue in a challenge house that leads to you going home one way or the other. Either be having to quit medically DQ or getting thrown in as a sacrificial lamb to lose an elimination and it not be that interesting for us at home watching. So uh, probably be better if she just left and maybe they bring some, bring sugar back in. 
kick Kiki out, bring Sugar back in. Now, done. We finished it. I really like Kiki, but if she can't, if she can't compete, then uh, she can't compete. Bring Sugar back in versus just losing Connor and having a kind of boring, dumb elimination. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. Connor and Kiki, they're done for. Second one, Marley and Emily get the win. Third one, Kieran's girlfriend does not accept his apology. Think we might go three for three on this next couplet. But that's our predictions. Those are our power rankings, awards, storylines, the whole kit and caboodle. I don't even I don't even know what those words mean. Is that still a thing that you're allowed not allowed to say, but like, is that still a thing people say? I don't know. Clearly, this is the end of the podcast because I'm just saying random stuff at this point. Thank you so much for being here. We will be back on Monday with seven and eight, and then next Friday with nine and ten. Remember. If you're just listening to these and aren't actually watching the Challenge Australia, that's really great of you and awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. But these episodes are pretty easy to get on the internet, as I've said over and over. So go to Reddit, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, uh, do a little search. You'll find all the links. It's not uh, not that difficult to get out there, binge the next couple of episodes, binge the whole rest of it, and come back on Monday to talk about episodes seven and eight. Come back tomorrow if you're a Survivor fan to talk about that wild and crazy Survivor episode over on the Most Likely 2 podcast feed with my good friend Paige. Hit me up on Instagram, DM at Challenge Story. And if you want to talk challenge, if you've got thoughts about Challenge Australia, about the Global Championships coming up, Ride or Die season, Survivor, anything, anything at all chop it up with me over there dms are open leave a five-star rating or review wherever you may be listening hit that follow button hit that download button it really helps if you download the episode versus just hitting play for some reason that matters in the algorithms or something i don't know but you want to help me with the algorithm right okay good i'm gonna shut up now it's been great thank you for being here love you talk to you soon peace